glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you by me, your host, Matt Bruning. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. It is another, well, really, episode about 2019 in the draft class. We'll be talking mostly about our wide receivers ranked 13 through 24. We've got another special guest joining us today. Uh, another new writer for the Dynasty Nerds just joined them. Excited to bring him on. A, a longtime friend, I would say. Someone who's been in the league with me and Dennis now for quite a couple years. It was referenced actually in the last episode of the Dynasty Questions League. He was the commissioner. Brought everybody together. So we're super excited to bring him on and talk about his wide receivers. Uh, really quick before we do that, I'm going to get into some news that's gone on over the past couple days. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Russell Wilson has got paid. Show me the money! He and the Seattle Seahawks have agreed to a new deal extending him through the 2023 season, that's four more years, at $140 million, includes a $65 million signing bonus. He also posted a semi-awkward video of him and Sierra in their bed, covered up, talking about the money. But hey, good for you. I guess when you have a wife that looks like Sierra, you're you're going to enjoy her and enjoy that. So good, good on him and, and good luck to him. Other than that, uh, the really only other news is the Cardinals uh, general manager, Steve Kahn, has come out and said that they... As of right now, have not made a decision on the number one pick. Um, I do think that that's still some lobbying and jockeying. Uh, I, I would say it's almost a, a 98.0% consensus at this point that the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray. Um, I am still personally a little hesitant about that because uh, someone talked about it earlier today. I believe it was Mike Clay of ESPN on SiriusXM Radio was saying that uh, when you really look at it and, and knock down the value of it, you're really trading... Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa to get Kyler Murray, which is a really interesting way to think about it because you obviously have Josh Rosen, even though I'm not a fan. He he proved at times last year he could be a more than capable uh, starting quarterback in the NFL. And chances are you're taking Nick Bosa with the 1-1 pick. So the fact that they're really trying to trade Josh Rosen away and say a lot of people are saying they're only going to get a third for it, you're really trading a third in Nick Bosa for Kyler Murray. Is that worth it? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. I personally don't. Uh, as much as I love Kyler Murray, I think Nick Bosa is going to be a game changer on the defensive line uh, but that's really the only news that's come out here over the past couple days so let's go ahead get brandon oh man i just gave away the guest my goodness we'll pretend like that didn't happen our special guest who may or may not be named brandon and dennis on here to talk about some wide receivers Hello! and as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett with us here today to talk about some wide receivers. Dennis, how was your weekend? What is going on? You know, my weekend was fantastic. Got a little Little League baseball in on Saturday morning. Had the kids out picking up sticks in the yard. It was about a one-hour job. They started around noon, and it took them until about 
Very nice. Uh, what uh, what position does uh, your son play in a uh, little league baseball? Ah, uh, it's they're eight years old. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know he's okay. they play they play everywhere. Yeah, he's yeah, he's gotcha. uh he seems motivated, but he's uh right now he's in the bottom half in the skill level. He's he's got some work to do. Ah, that's all right. We we've all been there. Well, you know he'll eventually figure it out. I assume he likes playing football more than baseball. You know, he he kind of flows with the seasons. Hey, I hear everybody always talks about you need to be a multi-sport athlete, and I completely agree with that. Uh, we have our special guest with us today, Mr. Brandon Bangley at DynastyTheorist.com. I was going to say .com for some reason. He's not at DynastyTheorist.com. Just at DynastyTheorist. Jeez. I cannot talk today. On Twitter, he writes for the Fantasy Life app and Dynasty New Writer for the DynastyNerds.com. Actually, he's put out quite a few good articles. I suggest you guys check him out and hit him up on Twitter with a follow. Uh, and he's the former host of the Disgustingly Good Fantasy Podcast. Brandon, what is going on? Thank you for joining me and Dennis today. Hey, guys. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Brandon, uh, what we usually do at the start of every podcast when we have a special guest on here is just kind of get a little background on you, uh, you know, just kind of how you got into fantasy, uh, favorite, uh, you know, favorite type that you like to play. Do you have a favorite NFL team, favorite player? Just kind of give uh, our audience a little bit of background on yourself. Sure. Well, um, I've been playing fantasy football for about 15 years now. Um, started when I was uh, mid to late teens. I've been playing Dynasty probably five or six years at this point. Um, the Dynasty Questions League, which I'm in with you guys, was my second Dynasty League. So that, that one's been going on for, what, four, four years now, I think? Yep. Man, time flies. My favorite team is the Green Bay Packers. I've uh, been a Packers fan since I was a little kid and watching Brett, Brett Favre win the Super Bowl. Um, he was my sports hero for uh, many years, and after... Uh, Little bit of a uh, little tiffed with him when he went to the Vikings. I got over that, and I and I still love him. And my favorite player in the league right at the moment is probably going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Love watching that guy play. Everything he does is awesome. And yeah, I've got uh, two kids, one on the way. Uh, I own a cleaning business with my wife. Uh, busy as hell, twenty four seven every day. But uh, fantasy football and football in general is very important to me, and I make time for it. Well, congratulations again on the baby, although we, we have known about that for a little bit of time now, but I'd like to officially do it on the podcast. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I really thought you were going to go Devontae Adams. I'm I'm a huge fan of Adams. Not that not that Hopkins is – there's anything wrong with Hopkins. Obviously, he's a beast, but I, I th- honestly thought you were going to go Adams there with your favorite player. I love Devontae. He's like a dear friend of mine, um, <laughs> but I try not to be too homerish. I could have gone Rodgers. I could have gone Devontae. But I decided to go with the player uh, who's actually my favorite player to watch. So, gotcha. hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, before we move on to talking about our wide receivers, as I talked about in the introduction, I'd like to ask you, being a Packers fan and everything, optimism going into 2019. How are you feeling about the team? Uh, I'm feeling great about the team. I think that, um, man, <laughs> I think that a lot of the kinks that were happening last year are going to get worked worked out. I think that um, it's come to light that Rogers' uh, injury to his leg was a little bit worse than everybody initially thought. Um, he didn't have nearly as much mobility as he usually does. Um, that affected him, and even the plant plant leg when he was trying to throw that affected him all season. So I think that um, 
one more year, one more offseason with the young guys in the wide receiver core, uh, uh, Patton being, having one more year with the defense. I think all these things are going to work out and we're going to challenge for the uh, North again, for sure. I like as a Browns fan, I'm, I, I, I like Patton as a defensive coordinator. Agree. I think he kind of got the shot yeah, a little I, bit here in Cleveland. So I think that he's really good, and I think that he's great at adaptation too. So yeah, I know. Uh, again, you uh, are in the Dynasty Questions League, which we talked about in the last episode with Kyle. You were actually the one who started that league up, um, and we uh, were talking about you actually being a big Brandon. fan. You called him Kyle. No, Kyle was talking about it in the last episode. Was what I was saying. He Brandon oh, was the one who started up, but Kyle Kyle mentioned it in the last one because he wanted to brag about his championship, uh, which he apparently right yeah. okay. Yeah. I can't guess remember. I'm not listening very close. I can't I can't remember if he actually did win that or not, but he did brag about something like that. Like I think he thinks he won a championship or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure that actually. Yeah, happened. championship. Now see that? That's the kind of winning attitude that's going to take this enterprise straight to the top. I don't really pay attention to to leagues I don't win. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. So, but no, uh, we were talking about uh, you being a Packers fan, and then I agree. I, I'm a huge fan. My whole point was getting to the fact that I'm a big fan of Petten as well, and I think he's a great defensive coordinator. It was a horrible way of getting there, but we got there. So um, we are here to talk about our wide receivers ranked 13 through 24 in this draft class today. Um, again, you just started writing some articles for Dynasty Nerds, have been talking about some uh, very interesting theories and everything on there, so I'm really interested to see where your rankings are because we've done a little talking before the episode and I know that your rankings are different than mine and Dennis's before since we're focusing mainly on the 13 through 24 I'd love to just get your list 1 through 12 uh, really not going to do much discussion on that since we had Kyle on to talk about his but I want to get yours and then we're going to focus in on the 13 through 24 guys sure and I would love to preface this just by saying real quick if if you guys or you know anybody else want to talk about this list at some point in the, in the future, please feel feel free to hit me up on uh, Twitter. My list is a little weird compared to most. So, with that that being said, uh, number one, AJ Brown. That's pretty common. But at number two, I've got Paris Campbell. At number three, I've got DK Metcalf. At number four, I have Nikhil Harry. At five, I have Debo Samuel. At number six, I have Andy Isabella. At seven, I have Hakeem Butler. At eight. Kelvin Harmon, at 9, Marquise Brown, 10, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, 11, Terry McLaurin, and 12, Miles Boykin. Interesting. Dennis, anything you want to ask him about it or, or add before we move on? Tell me about why Paris is at number 2. Man, I just love Paris. I love everything about his game. Uh, he's fast. He's got great hands, good balance, runs pretty clean routes, and I think the number one thing that NFL teams are going to love about him is how versatile he he is. I think that speed and versatility is the evolution that the league is taking, and I think that teams are going to recognize that, and he could very well be the next T.Y. Hilton, I think. Wow, that's pretty lofty. So one of the things we talked about on the last show uh, in relation to Paris is how much of the average depth of target he had which was something crazy like 4.9 yards uh so you attribute most of that to uh, urban meyer just refusing to use him uh, down the field because he was so good at that short stuff i think uh this this is what i think i think that yak is king and i think that um in spite of the scheme urban meyer knew that paris campbell it was a yak king he's he's just a monster and i think that 
the NFL is leaning that way as well. I think that people are much more concerned with Yak at this point than they are with the 50-50 balls and that 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 kind of thing. The depth of target uh, doesn't mean as much to me when you can turn a five-yard pass into a 25-yard play. So Interesting. Well, since Fair enough. Dennis, since Dennis asked you about Paris Campbell, I'm going to ask you one question before we move on. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, not that five is a huge jump. I think a lot of people have him right in the eight to ten range. But uh, I noticed that you also have Andy Isabella up there. So is it just the, I don't want to say small guys, but the guys who I guess are very good at the yak yards and, and playing in the slot position that you feel are going to be really good moving forward into the NFL? Absolutely. I think that, that that this is the direction that the league is taking moving forward. I think versatility, speed, and yak are the new direction that the league is taking. It's, it's going to be most focused on. I think that the days of the uh, oversized wide receiver that can contest for the 50-50 balls is starting to die out. Um, people, And yet I think, you still have DK Metcalf at three. Oh, but um, <laughs> I think that DK Metcalf is much more than uh, he was allowed to show in his time at college. Despite uh, being hurt for such a large percentage of the time, I think that he can do a lot more than what he showed. All right. Well, very interesting. It's uh, some interesting. I'd love to hear how your uh, your ranks end up shaping out after the NFL draft. So it might be something we can get you on after and talk about that, see how much it changes the list that you have right now going in after. But starting with uh, starting with 13 now, since we have your top 12, we're going to do it a little bit different. Me and Dennis talked about it. I feel like uh, I agree with him. It flowed a little bit better when we were talking going 1-1-1 one, one, one on each of our lists instead of giving the whole list at a time, not really a lot of time to debate and everything. So I want you to give us your 13, then Dennis yours, and then I'll go last. So Brandon, go ahead and kick us off with your number 13th wide receiver. Sure thing. At number 13, I have Ashton Doolin. Very interesting. Why do you like Ashton there? Well, uh, Ashton, I mean, he could very well have slipped, and he very well may slip into the top 12, I, I think. He's just, um, he's he's such a freak. He's so, he's, he's so dominant. The knocks against him, of course, was the level of competition that he played. Um, he's a very small school. Um, the intangibles that this kid has are just through the roof. I think that the level of competition, I mean, we'll see how much that comes into effect. I think it's definitely going to affect the position of his draft, but how much it affects his play in the, the league, uh, we'll see. I think he's really good, and uh, he's he's a complete player. I actually had him at 12, so. Yeah, I, I'm a, I heard that. I'm a big so Ashton Doolin fan. Yeah. Uh, my number 12 is Stanley Morgan. Junior, 6'1", 200 out of uh, Nebraska. And he's got good speed, runs nice routes, uh, caught 70 passes for 1,000 yards last year at Nebraska with uh, suspect quarterback play. I feel like he's a, a playmaker. He's got an NFL pedigree. And landing with a team in the fourth or fifth round, he's somebody that I think will be able to step in in a wide receiver three slash four role uh, in his rookie year, possibly even if uh, the path opens up, he could step right up into a, a number two role. I've got Demarcus Lodge. I think he's uh, getting kind of overlooked in that Ole Miss wide receiver core just based on having DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown there. Uh, I thought he's a, a very productive uh, wide receiver there. 
really good at ele- elevating to get to the catch, willingness to catch the ball through the contact, great separation ability. Uh, he does lack a little bit of explosive explosiveness and elusiveness, which I think might hurt him a little bit at the NFL. Uh, but I do think that the production he put up there, just it needs to be looked at more. So I've got him at number 13. Who do you have at 14? Well, for me, at number 14, I have Emmanuel Hall. And things I like about Hall really are, um, and much like Ashton Doan, I feel like he is a complete player. Um, he ran a 4 four three nine forty, so he's got really good speed. He's got great burst, um, really good size. He's, he has big games. He comes, he comes through and just has big games. Uh, makes defenders look silly. Some things I'm concerned about are he is a lack of physicality, uh, too much body catching. But I think that he could definitely be a wide receiver two in fantasy. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Emmanuel Hall. Uh, you know, he got pushed a little bit down a little bit in my rankings because of his injury history, um, soft tissue injuries. So, uh, and I think that kind of plays a little bit to the strength that you were talking about. Uh, he, he's not real strong at the the uh, point of attack there, uh, but I do like him a lot. Uh, I have uh, Terry McLaurin at 13. Or, excuse me, 14. You know, he was kind of the forgotten man uh, at Ohio State, I guess. Uh, and then he went to the Senior Bowl and uh, just started lighting people up and really opened some eyes. He's going to struggle a little bit with, uh, he may end up being a better real football player than fantasy football player. It'll mm-hmm. depend on how he develops. He's going to probably have a low level of, draft capital invested i don't know though i've seen some people i've seen him mocked in the first round or second round which you know i I don't know that uh i would take him there uh, in the nfl i think definitely uh he might he's worthy of a second round in a fantasy draft but he's really high on him yeah you know and it's like i've said before it's like i i i'm not i'm not a kyler murray guy but you know it only takes one team and you know once a team falls in love with what you do so I, I can see McLaurin going. I think he's he's connecting on a lot of levels with teams, uh, showing leadership uh, and class and just kind of doing the things that teams want in their locker room. He's a hard worker. You know, they showed him at the Senior Bowl demonstrating, you know, he beats a defensive back and then he goes back and pulls the defensive back aside and demonstrates how to play that route better. <laughs> And it's like, all right, well, you know, hey, kid, I, I, what, what are you doing? Kind of approach. But he wants, <laughs> he wants to be good. And he, he, I, you know, to me, I think he, he's gonna his his roadblock for him might be his willingness to do whatever it takes to play. Mm. And next thing you know, he's, you know, Nate Ebner or Matthew Slater instead of you know a wide receiver too. Yeah, I mean, you know me and you disagree on, on McClure, and I do think a landing spot is going to be huge for him, as uh, unfortunately is going to be for a lot of the guys in this class. But I do think if he gets a shot, he could very easily be a uh, low-end wide receiver, two high-end wide receiver, three in the NFL. Uh, for me, my 14 is Andy Isabella. 
I love him as a slot wide receiver, something Brandon kind of touched on there at the beginning. I do think that his rack ability um, and his quickness could be maximized, obviously, in the slot in the NFL. But I don't think he's a natural catcher of the ball, if that makes sense. I I just don't think that he does a very good job catching the ball. Um, And I do think that at times it looked like he kind of shied away from taking uh, big hits or tried to avoid big hits, which I guess isn't a bad thing. I just don't, I prefer, though he is a smaller guy, so maybe he's not going to truck anybody. But I would prefer sometimes to see my wide receivers and running backs kind of try and fight for those extra yards. I do did not like that a little bit from him, uh, but I am interested to see where he goes. He is someone, obviously, was right up there with Paris Campbell as the fastest in this class. Going to be very, very interesting, especially if he ends up on the Patriots like everybody keeps talking about. Um, and his landing spot, I think, could be huge for his uh, rookie draft stock to keep going up, at least in my book. Brandon, who now, is Isabella your did on? did what he needed to do in college. When when you're at a small college, you really have to dominate. And he had a 52.2 dominator rating on player profiler, which is the 97th percentile. Mm-hmm. So when you're at that small school, you, those are the types of things you have to do to get noticed. And Isabella, he he did everything in his power. So from here on out, it's he you know it's how how does he do in you know, on the whiteboard and in the interviews because he did everything on the field that he needed to. Right. And to your point, Matthew, he is definitely a body catcher and he does avoid the big, uh, he, he does avoid hits when he can. I think that's because he, he, un, he has self-awareness of his size. You know, he's, he's a very slight, slight guy. So, yeah. and, and don't call me Matthew, man. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, that does only my wife <laughs> yells that at me when I've really messed up is I got nervous okay. there for a minute. I thought something bad was about to happen. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. All right, who's your number 15, Brandon? My number 15 is a guy that I could definitely see moving up into the top 12 even, depending on uh, landing spot, and that is Stanley Morgan Jr. Um, I think he operates with consistency. He's um, He doesn't have any you know hesitation catching passes over the middle. Uh, he's got great hands, really good body control. Uh, after the catch, he's he's pretty good um he's got a real nice floor i think some of the things i don't like about him um he tends to drift on some of his routes once in a while and he doesn't offer anything extra special as an athlete i think that he's going to be a really good complimentary player which means like wide receiver two or something like that like dennis said but as we know wide receiver two doesn't necessarily mean bad things for fantasy football Especially in the leagues that we play in, where, where you're, you're starting three and four wide receivers and having two and three flexes. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we're going wide receiver five, six deep. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, mine was Andy Isabella. Okay. So, gotcha. you know, I, I think we touched on him. Sorry, I spaced out no, there no, a little you're bit. Good, you're good. Was, uh, my 15. But, uh, no. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. for it. No, no. I was just going to say that, you know, I, I, I think that. It's a, there's a general consensus on Isabella that people want to put him in the slot. And then you've got this sliver of people that are saying, but he played outside at, at UMass and he can play outside. And, you know, I think sometimes I, I don't know if they want to move him outside because of that contact issue that he tries to avoid the contact. Because if you're playing in the slot and you're in the middle of the field, you're catching with your body and you have the tendency to avoid contact uh that's a recipe for um balls bouncing off you and being intercepted sure yeah i, I agree with you 100 um for me mine is riley ridley um 
I'm actually fairly interested in the fact that neither one of you have talked about him yet either. Most people have him up there in anywhere <laughs> from their their five to ten range. At least most of the people that I see. I feel bad when I say this because I actually don't hate Riley Ridley. I think that he is a good wide receiver. I just don't think he's anywhere near the top of this class. I think that for me, uh, there are a few elite guys at the top, and then I think there's a split between some more of those guys in my top 12, and then the rest of them kind of fall on their own little group. And Riley Ridley falls right in there for me. Um, He's very good route runner. He's very sharp. He has good body control. Uh, He's a great I think he's great with his hands. He can catch the ball through contact, um, but he's just not special, does not have any elite traits in my opinion. I think he's at best a wide receiver three in the NFL. I think he's going to have some good games, and then he's going to be a no-show for a lot of them. So I like Riley Ridley. I do think that he's good. I think in most other draft classes, if he was coming out, he'd be higher up on my list, but I just like the top of this class uh, more, I guess, than probably most people. That I, So that's why I have him all the way down here. Who is your number 16? Well, my number 16 is another guy that I feel like could definitely start to move his way up, and that is Preston Williams. Uh, This guy is physically a beast. Uh, He makes spectacular catches, strong in traffic. He's got serious upside, but at the same time, he's also got some serious off-field issues. And I think we all know that um, the NFL is on the defensive right now when it comes to character concerns and he's got some serious character concerns um but i think that's the only thing holding him back um i think that landing spot and draft capital is going to really determine uh where he goes in your fantasy drafts look he's got great size recognizes coverages he's a really he's a really good player it's just all depends on whether NFL teams want to take a chance on him. Somebody will. I, you know, I like Preston Williams a lot. I think he is a uh, a guy who knows how to go up and get the ball and knows what to do with it. It's a little bit raw. Needs to refine some technique, but he's uh, definitely a, a good wide receiver. Yeah, coming in at sixteen, I think he might have he, he he might have the highest upside in the whole draft class. I think he's he he could he could be really really special i think yeah yeah i think i've seen him compared to josh gordon sure yeah all right so my number 16 is gary jennings out of west virginia played with will greer he put up uh, 917 yards 17 yards per catch with 13 touchdowns last year uh he's got good size six foot two 215 decent speed i think he runs a four five if i remember correctly uh, what he run four four two is what he ran, c- according to player profiler. So you know he had a breakout age at twenty point five. So that's a little bit behind the curve, and his college dominator wasn't super high. It was only at thirty four. He's a good player, runs good routes. Um, you know, there's some I've seen some clips of him and some game tape of him just making some plays, and it's uh, he. I, we're, we're kind of in that range of at least for my rankings from about ten to 18 that you can almost just shuffle them like a deck of cards and deal them out and then shuffle them up again and deal them out. There's going to be some hits and some misses and it's just trying to figure out and start splitting the hairs and find out which one it is. I really like Jennings tape though. I think he, he uh, did some nice stuff with uh, Will Greer who I'm really high on. So. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on the on the rankings thing there. For me, it's a little bit further back. It's probably about my 15 through 24. I do kind of like my top 15 guys. Not that all of them are going to hit. Obviously, we know just based on 
what we've seen throughout our years of watching and, and uh, ranking out players and everything through the NFL, more guys are going to bust than we think. But I really like my top 15, but I do agree with you, kind of my back half of my rankings. Uh, I really think you could just kind of pick and choose any of these guys and place them in anywhere, and you you would not be wrong. You could place an argument for all of them. For me, I mostly go based on, on upside and stuff that I see on film. Uh, and so that's why I have Jalen Hurd at 16 out of Baylor. Um, I for me, he's one of my most fascinating wide receiver prospects in this draft. Uh, he actually could move up some for me depending on where he lands. He is not good he, technically at all. He he's he's a mess. He's a problem. You could have stopped there. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, he, he's a project. I don't. I'm not trying to say that he isn't, but I do think he has a lot of upside. I think that uh, for the most part, you're. He's like barely scratched the surface, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, he's very natural in moving. I think that he's actually very elusive. He's got great hands. Uh, so I think especially with his speed as well, he could be someone that could you know stretch the field. He, he could be someone that's very good. He's got great upper body strength as well. Uh, so he's someone that I'm really interested in seeing where he goes. I, I am a little bit worried because I've seen the way that uh, Baylor wide receivers and really it seems like Baylor, TCU, all these wide receivers here recently have not turned out very well in the NFL. Uh, but he's someone I'm very high on. And again, as you were just touching on, Dennis, at the back half of the rankings here, I'm just going on guys that I think I have ups- that have upside at this point. He's someone I think in most rookie drafts you can get into the back end of the fourth round. So he's someone I'd be willing to take a shot on. Uh, yeah, Brandon, I, I had uh, him in my, in my second half here when I started the ranking process. And he just kind of kept getting pushed down and pushed down and pushed down until he actually dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I, there's too much Terrell Pryor there. Yeah. And like I said, I don't disagree with that. I, I understand not a lot of people are going to have him this high. I mean, just looking at my rankings now, I could probably give you, there's three guys coming up here in a minute that I might end up taking over him. But just based on what I've seen right now, I really like him again. I really do think, it's hard to say because I just said a landing spot I think is going to be key for a lot of these guys, but I think it's really going to be a big deal for him. Like if he ends up landing in somewhere like Baltimore or where's another place that a quarterback can't throw the ball. I mean, Jacksonville, Blake Bortles was still there. Like somewhere I don't think a quarterback's going to be able to get him the ball at all. He's not going to be on my list anywhere after the fact, but he's someone that I'm very interested in, in watching going into the draft process. Brandon, who's your 17? Uh, 17, I have Penny Hart. Um, so Penny Hart, uh, obviously he's a very small guy, but he's got great speed. Uh, he, he looks like a, like a classic slot guy. Um, very nice routes combined with breakaway speed. Uh, he tracks the ball really well. He's got good, good hands and he's not afraid to get down, down and dirty. I mean, he's a good special teamer. He's actually a good blocker, even though he's a very small guy, um, which is important when you're trying to make, make a team, you know, get, get on the field. Um, some things I don't like about him, you know, he's uh, he's a really small guy, so his catch radius is small, and that's going to require a accurate passer. Um, he kind of tends to wait on throws instead of working back on his uh, routes, um, and he's you know he's his his lack of size is really where he's going to hit some hurdles where he's playing the deep deep ball that's going to affect him, and when he gets pushed around by DBs that are, you know, t- twice his size. I think he's got some major upside, but at, at the same time, he's such a small guy, he's going, he's going to um, require a specific scheme and coach and team to make that happen. Yeah, there, he's very Jamison Crowder-ish to me. A little faster, but, you know, 
he'll have that very specific role. Sure. I think that's a pretty good comp. I don't think he's quite as gritty as Jamison Crowder, if that makes sense. Uh, but but he is faster, so maybe he can avoid some of the hits that Crowder is more able to withstand. Right on. Who you got at 17, Matt? Are we skipping you? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I, I have, uh, sorry, I think sometimes I forget I'm the co-host and no, not the host. <laughs> uh, I have Riley Ridley at 17. I struggle a little bit with him because he just didn't produce in college. And... I'm a production guy. That's that's why David Montgomery is my number one running back is production. And he's he for and for somebody who didn't produce, he just isn't quite as athletic as I would like to see to to project the upside with. There I, I there's he's at seventeen because I read and listen to other people talk about him. I've got him at 17 right now, waiting until after the draft and trying to figure out what am I missing? Is it, and I'm still, you know, is what, what exactly am I missing that some of these people have him, you know, in their top 10, top eight. And so I'm going to keep digging. I've got him at 17 now and I'm going to keep digging and maybe he moves up, but he's kind of in that whole section of people uh, of receivers for me that, you know, I, I could get up tomorrow and, pick up the deck and shuffle it out and he could end up at 13. So, uh, you know, I just got to look, I got to look and try and find out what some of those other people are seeing that I, I'm just not seeing. In all honesty, I think it's name. I really do. I think it's all based on his name. I think everybody's expecting him to come in and be Calvin Ridley next year. That's just my opinion. Uh, Brandon, do you have him ranked in your top 24? I do. Yep. Okay. Then I'll save the question for later. I don't. I don't want you to reveal where he's at just yet. So when we get to him, I'll ask you a couple of thoughts on him. He, for me, is one of those. The him and I, I would actually probably say DK Metcalf are some of the most controversial of this class. I've seen DK Metcalf all over the board. Obviously, a lot of that based on what he did at the combine. Uh, and and Ridley's the same way. He's just he's all over the place. I mean, obviously for the three of us, he's in the back half of our rankings. I had him at a. 15 Dennis you had him here at 17 so we weren't that far apart on him I'm interested to see where Brandon has him uh my 17 is Anthony Ratliff Williams out of North Carolina right yeah yeah North Carolina I don't know why I was gonna say Carolina State North Carolina um I actually liked what I saw out of Ratliff Williams I think he can play all three positions at wideout uh, good. He's got great tracking, great long speed. I do think part of the issues on why he's fallen down a lot of people's boards is that his quarterback was not very good, uh, but that's just my opinion. Um, interested, I think he's got a high ceiling in this class. He's another guy that I think could move up a little bit more in my rankings, but I will need to see where he goes. Where? Who is your number 18, Brandon? My number 18 is Mr. Riley Ridley. Oh, okay. Well, there and, you go. Uh, <laughs> so here's... Uh, I really, man, I, I'm not a fan of this kid and I have him at 18 because I feel like there's like, like Dennis said, there's gotta be something that I'm missing here and I don't want to discount other smart people that I trust. So here are some good things about him. He's a tough, strong kid and he's very, he's very competitive with the football. He's physical. Um, he excels in in the air he has great body control in the air he can go up and get get the football and obviously i think the thing that most people love about him is his route running 
which I think is good, but it's nothing to necessarily put him in the first round of the uh, draft for. His weaknesses, I think he's just average. He's just an average guy all around. Speed, burst, athleticism, footwork. There's just nothing that jumps out of the page. And I think that at the end of the day, he's going to be just a guy. I've, I've got him at 18 because I feel like he could definitely make an NFL team and make starts and make some catches, but he's but his his upside is so low that I couldn't be bothered to draft him any higher than the back end of the second, top of the third round, you know, in a rookie draft. So we're all pretty much on the same page as him. Then that that was kind of what I was interested to find out. Obviously, you have him two spots behind me, one spot behind Dennis. So we really all kind of have the consensus on him, which is again interesting because as we've all touched on, a lot of people have him very high. I mean, I've seen him as high as five on some people's boards. So I don't know if we're wrong or if they're wrong because I I don't I personally don't see him being that high. I, I don't even think even. As you were just touching on, Dennis, possibly going back and looking at more on YouTube, Brandon, saying based on what other people have shown, uh, going back and looking more at him, I still don't think I could even move him up into my top 10 looking more at his tape. My 18 is the aforementioned uh, Emmanuel Hall. I I like him. Um, I can see him rising up if he continues to be, uh, to show he's healthy. Um, If he goes to a good spot where he, he, it looks like he might be able to grow into a uh, position you know he just there's a lot about his game that i like uh one comp i saw for him um uh, i think it was on player profiler that uh, they comped him to dj chark while chark hasn't done anything because he was injured last year i can kind of see it there they're both tall lanky fast so uh, i feel like uh, hall is a, a better pass catcher than chark was is but uh, I, I'm interested to see where somebody decides to take a uh, shot on him with his, uh, with his injury history. All right, so my 18 is Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo. He's someone that I was very high on going into the year. I've kind of come down on him a little bit. Obviously, I, mean, I had him in my top 12 uh, at the beginning of the year. Very strong hands. I think he is very aware and elusive after the catch. He dropped um, very few balls in college, so I like that. I thought he did very good at the uh, senior bowl. I'm just not sure he's got – he's capable blocker as well. I just don't think he has the upside as a lot of these guys do. I think he's someone that's going to come in. He's going to be a very good wide receiver for the NFL, be a great NFL player, but I don't think that's going to translate to fantasy. I hope it does because uh, he is one of my favorite players. I, I, I Like I said, I was very high on him. Dennis, you know, he. Was, I think we were both actually really high on him at the beginning of the process. You know, I'm high on him and Tyree Jackson. Uh, especially at the very on and early on in the process, but I just don't. I just I kind of feel like he. You see what you get with him. I don't think he's got that much upside. Not very explosive. Uh, so I think he's just going to be kind of toward the bottom of this class. And, and in all honesty, probably a middle to low tier wide receiver three in the NFL. Who is your nineteen? Uh, my number nineteen is Mikol Hardman. Uh, so this kid, I didn't really know much about him and just kind of came across him when I was doing my research here. Um, so he's a very slight frame. He's like 5'10", 187 pounds, I think. Uh, but he's fast. He's real fast. He ran a 4'3", 340, and a lot of scouts have comped him to Tyler Lockett. Uh, he played quarterback and 
defensive back in high school, so his skills at the wide receiver uh, spot are kind of raw. The, the scouts believe he could develop rapidly. So, I mean, that's a good sign, I think. Um, his suddenness, excuse me, his suddenness, burst, and uh, his ball tracking are all really good. Um, and he uh, is pretty adept at special at, uh, special teams, so that bodes well for him getting onto a team. Um, the things that worry me about him are the low touchdown upside. He only um, he only caught seven touchdowns in college, and only two of them were against any competition that was uh, worth a damn. He relies too much on his speed. I, th- I think that's that's probably obvious for a guy that uh, has only played wide receiver for a few years, um, and he's afraid of hits, that's for sure. Uh, you can see him when he hears footsteps, he just kind of turtles up. So he's got some things to work on, but um, as with a bunch of these guys on my list, I think that the coaches and GMs are going to be very, very interested in his speed and his yards after the catch ability, and I think somebody is going to give him a shot. So he's another upside play here. Yeah, I- I liked Hardiman as well. I actually, I have Hardiman at 20, so we're very close there. Uh, but at number 19 for me, I have uh, Emmanuel Butler out of Northern Arizona. It's a bigger kid. He's a, he's a, I don't want to say Des Bryant mold, but he's 6'3", 215, but not super. No, he's 6'3", six, six, about 205, but he's a, he's a high 4'5 guy, not, not real fast. He spent most of 2017 injured and then uh, only played a couple games in 2018. So he's somebody that I've, I've started to dig into a little more. We're kind of right at the, that part of the, the rankings where I kind of start to look and say, okay, well, there's all of these guys that have these different things going on and let me start to shake them out. Uh, He's a but he's a big kid. He comes he comes with an NFL presence, some fairly decent uh, route capabilities. So we'll just see how it shakes out in the draft, what that does to his uh, draft stock. So mine is David Sills the fifth out of West Virginia, six four two oh five former quarterback, moved to wide receiver. Uh, he does project as well to be kind of a project edge wide receiver, much like Jalen Hurd. Uh, but his size and high point ability, I think, is one of the best in this class. Could be almost indefensible at times with the way he played in college. Obviously worked with Will Greer as well. Um, did get a little bit more free releases and everything and isolated routes in the college game, which I don't think he'll have in the NFL, uh, in the NFL, obviously. So that'll be interesting to see what he does. Not necessarily that great after the catch as well, which I do kind of agree with Brandon on that you need to have that in the NFL game. So I'm interested to see if he's able to kind of work on that and become more elusive after the catch. Uh, but I did like what I saw out of him. And so I'm interested to see what he can do. Brandon, who is your 20? Oh, go ahead. Well, and and after being uh, offered a scholarship as a seventh grader at quarterback by USC, yeah. he'll be great on that end around pass play. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Depends on where he goes, I guess. I don't think he's going to have quite as good arm as Jarvis Landry, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number twenty, I have Anthony Johnson. Um, what I think about Anthony Johnson is uh, he had a late breakout. Production was serious business. Uh, he's got good size, 
level of competition is questionable being in the MAC. Um, he's got raw routes, and his athleticism is iffy, I think. I think my main concern with him is that he's 24 years old, and I just don't know if there's any room for growth at this point. And Dennis touched on a lot of this, so I'm not going to go too much further into it, but that's my main concern is I'm just not sure that he's got any room for growth. That was me. But I mean, oh, Dennis, do sorry, sound okay, a lot. Yeah. No, you're good. I'm just messing with you. Go ahead, Dennis. Who's your 20? Uh, my 20 was McCall Hardiman. We pretty okay. much touched on him uh, when Brandon had him at 19. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, he's coming up in my ranks, too, and I didn't I didn't have much else to add to him from what Brandon said. Uh, mine is Antoine Wesley out of Texas Tech, 6'5", 200 pounds. I'm really bad about giving their sizes, so I, I really need to do better on that. Uh, he's uh, another intriguing prospect for me. Only one year of uh, collegiate production here, so... Not really sure that's good or bad. Uh, I, you know, he was really good in his one year, but the fact that he only had one year of production, I, I guess I can't harp on that too much because Hakeem Butler did the same thing, and he is my favorite wide receiver of this class, so we'll just move right on by that. Uh, did have a lot of speed at the scouting combine, obviously, but uh, his agility drills were not that good. Uh, his seems like his teammates love him. I loved what I saw out of him on film, so he's someone that I'm very interested to see what happens. He was stuck behind a lot of players, though. I want to people to remember this it was Cameron Brait which I know he was a tight end but he was also stuck behind Kiki Kuti and Dylan Cantrell so not that he was just at Texas Tech and couldn't break out because he had a bunch of or he was the only guy there he did have quite a few players that were ahead of him so interested to see if maybe that's what held him back or if it was just he's not as good as I think he might be who is your 21 Brandon well, we're getting into the dumpster dive now. So, uh, number 21 for me is actually David Sills, and uh, you guys covered a lot with him. A couple of things that I will add, uh, like you said, he's a jump ball killer. That is his main go-to move. He's not very fast, but his three-cone was actually pretty good. He ran a 6.973 three-cone, which for his size and his perceived unathleticism isn't bad. I'm just really concerned about his athleticism overall he's not not very fast he's not uh, super elusive i think he's got the got the jump ball going for him but like i said earlier in the show i just don't think that that's something that teams are going out of their way to find and put on the field at this point uh, i have uh, anthony johnson at 21 and we touched on it a little bit uh, in the last episode that uh, i think johnson is uh might be uh, a James Lofton, Jerry Rice kind of guy, while Tyree Jackson is a Guy Benjamin, Willie Totten. <laughs> right. You probably need to look up Guy Benjamin and Real, Willie Totten. Yeah, I have um, no idea who you're talking about. They were both highly regarded quarterbacks coming out that turns out were propped up by really good wide receivers named James Lofton and Jerry Rice. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I think Johnson, you know, he, he does have a late breakout age at 22.6. But he was an 87th percent uh, college dominator on player profiler, uh, 87th percentile. So um, he's he's a possession guy, big 6'2", uh, but only ran a 4.640. So he, he isn't going to uh, outrun people. But if he can refine his route running uh, against better competition, you know, there's definitely an opportunity for him. 
All right, my 21 is Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, Brandon touched on him earlier. Having uh, actually had him obviously a lot higher than me. He's someone I want to put higher. 6'3", 225. Obviously looked good this year. Someone that Dennis I know is also very high on. He likes to – Dennis, you've talked about many a times. I, I know in the last episode with Kyle about the fact that Notre Dame last year really had no production in the passing game. And so a lot of people, I think, are holding that against Miles Boykin. Maybe I am as well. Um, I think my biggest issue with him, since we've already touched on him, just one thing I'll add is I think he has very high potential, but I do think, much like the rest of the guys I have in this back end, he's a project. He's not someone that's going to produce right away in the NFL, in my opinion. I think he's someone who's going to he's going to be on that typical wide receiver uh, route here we've seen the past couple years where it's going to take him three, maybe four years before before he finally starts to produce in the NFL. And it doesn't seem like a lot of wide receivers get that time, especially if they're not picked high. And I don't think Boykin will go high. I think he's going to be picked in like the fourth round or after. So I'm worried that with him being picked so late that he may not get uh, the time to kind of develop and become the NFL wide receiver we all think he might be able to become. Uh, and that'll end up hurting his development. Well, the thing with uh, my my thing is there's there's such in this draft, there's a glut of those mid-tier wide receivers, I think their draft stock is going to get pushed down because there's so many of them. And so the draft capital with them might be a little bit exaggerated because I think teams will look at that and go, well, I've got you know eight or ten wide receivers on the board we like, but only three or four defensive backs that we like. So they'll, they, you know, they'll prioritize, I think, differently. Um, given the depth of this wide receiver, the middle the middle tiers of this wide receiver class. At number 22, I have Greg Dortch. Uh, Greg Dortch is a very small fellow. He's actually almost my exact size at 5'7", 173. Uh, he's a great special teamer um, and a gadget player. He's speedy and elusive. And, but actually, I want to touch on that for just a minute. For as small as he is, uh, at his pro day, where you're supposed to have uh, all the comforts of home and actually run a better time, he only ran a four-four-five. So I'm not super impressed with that. But he is a good special special teamer, and I think that will eventually get him onto a football team. And once you're on a team, anything can happen, especially if you've got that gadget thing in your tool belt. He could evolve into a slot guy with a low-end wide receiver three kind of ceiling. Um, like I said earlier, we're into the dumpster dive now, folks. So yeah. we're <laughs> picking out what we can. So I have uh, Deontay Johnson out of Toledo at number 22. In his sophomore season, 74 caught 74 passes for 1,278 yards and 13 touchdowns. Only did 49 for 761 in his uh, junior season. Let me see what his quarterbacks did. Looks like almost 4,000 yards. And then last season with no Logan Woodside, 28, only 2,800 yards passing uh, last last year for the quarterback. So, you know, he's he's a got good size, 5'11", 185. I'm going to say what is four. I think he is a 4'5", 340. Not a great college dominator rating at uh, 34%, 63rd percentile. Um, decent spark score, ninety five point three. Could be a little better, but you know he's he's going to have he he's one of the guys that's going to have to come in, uh, 
be that wide receiver for special teamer for a couple years. Definitely a taxi squad guy, somebody you can get probably late fourth, fifth round in your rookie draft. All right, for me, mine is Jacoby Myers out of North Carolina State. Um, he, where'd I go? 6'2", 203. Uh, he's actually another guy that I'm, I'm liking that might end up moving up my board a little bit here. Uh, unfinished product, again, was another guy who was a quarterback, just I believe it was three years ago, transitioned to wide receiver, very smooth route runner, great hands, very good at catching the ball away from his body, which I do like. Uh, not afraid to take a shot up the middle. Actually, there's a lot of plays I noticed where he caught the ball, didn't alligator arm it or T-Rex it, caught the ball, took the big hit in the middle of the field, which I do like, not afraid to take the big hit. Um, he's got quick feet, handled press coverage fairly well from what I saw. I do think he actually has a lot of upside in the slot role. My only issue with him really is that I think he's limited to that slot role, and there's too many guys in this class that I think will be better slot wide receivers than him. So that's what kind of pushes him so far down my board. Uh, but I am really interested in him as a guy, again, like I said, could jump up my board fairly quickly depending on his landing spot. Who is your number three, Brandon? Or sorry, 23. Uh- yeah, my number 23 is uh, Darius Slayton. So Darius Slayton, um, he's got a really good size. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. He's got 10-inch hands. Uh, he's got a 95th percentile catch catch radius. Um, but there are some knocks on him. First of all, he's got inconsistent hands as far as catching the ball goes. With 10-inch hands, you would think that would uh, not be the case. Um, his ball tracking is iffy. He needs to play with more physicality for sure um he is an athletic developmental prospect i, I would say i mean he ran a four four a uh, four three nine he um he had a seven second seven or seven second three cone drill so that's right at the borderline but one thing that i found really funny about this guy is that he doesn't have a breakout age because no one knows how old he is why does no one know how how old he is i challenge everybody listening to the show to go online and and try and find out how old Darius Slayton is. You will not do it. It drove me nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Even <laughs> on the even on the Auburn website and everything. There's just no no age for him. So I, I have no idea. I have uh, Demarcus Lodge at twenty three. Feel like he should be higher. He should. I also struggle with putting, you know, three receivers from the same team. Excuse me. Uh, too high. You know, he put up 65 catches for 877 yards, 13.5 yards per reception. Now, in his defense, uh, Ta Ta Amu, Jordan Ta Amu. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a terrific quarterback. When I was watching uh, tape on him and Metcalf yeah. and uh, AJ Brown, uh, you know, it would have been it. It would have been crazy to see the numbers that these guys would have put up with a decent quarterback. So, you know, I, I like his game. He's he's not f- terribly fast. He's not terribly athletic. You know, he's more of a he, – he's kind of in that Ricardo Lewis mode, I think. You know, he's he's going to be okay, but is he, is he going to get the chance to shine anywhere? So, uh, you know, he may get a little extra draft capital because uh, he's coming in with some cachet from that Ole Miss team, but it's going to be on him to produce. Mine is, uh, and I'm going to, I already know I'm going to say it wrong, even though Brandon already talked about him. Is it Meckle Hardman? Is that right? 
Miko. Miko Hardman. See, I'm horrible with names, man. I should just that dude from Georgia who's a junior. He wore number four. Uh, now he's five ten, one eighty three. I mean, Brandon pretty much kind of talked about everything for him, so there's really not much to talk about. I do think uh, he could be an electric weapon in the NFL. Interested to see what he can do. Uh, do. I did like the way he was using the RPO game with Georgia. I thought that was one of his best uh, best attributes there. He's obviously very, very fast. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes um, for the NFL. Who is your last ranked player? Or at least not last ranked. Your last uh, guy for us, 24. Yeah, my number 24 guy is another guy that I think could climb up depending on draft capital, and that is Demarcus Lodge. Uh, we just talked about him a little bit, and um, – Really, I think uh, my biggest knock with him that wasn't talked about uh, is that he was dominated by high-end competition, and I think that's going to be a problem when he when he gets drafted. Um, Dennis, you know, covered. He's not very fast. He's not overly athletic, so he's going to have to he's going to have to play tough, and he's going to have to find a way to make catches and use some of that yak ability that I've seen him demonstrate. And really um, kind of toughen up on the field and make a name for for, for himself uh, on the practice field, I think. Coming in for me at 24 is uh, Greg Dortch. He's a guy, I think, that has the tenacity and wants to... He's a chihuahua that thinks he's a Doberman. And, and so I think he's going to come in and he's going to play hard. He's uh, coming out as a redshirt sophomore. But I think he's probably going to end up as a special teamer and gadget guy to start out with, be back there at the end of the the wide receiver room. Um, He did have a good breakout age at 19.3, 79th percent college dominator rating. But at 5'7 and 173 pounds, not a lot of guys that size translate to the NFL. Granted, there's more guys that size that translate as wide receivers than there are 5'10", 207-pound quarterbacks that translate to the NFL. So Ooh. he probably does have <laughs> some shot. Did you like that veiled uh, thing? Yeah. yeah, pretty good one. <laughs> so anyways, you know, I, I, I hesitate to bet on outliers, I guess is what I'm saying. And at 24, I think... Dorch is somebody that's gonna he's gonna get a shot and he's got the mentality that it might only take one shot for him to to get a job and keep it i'm right there with you he's actually my 24 as well both of you guys have pretty much nailed everything on him so not much else to talk about i agree he's going to likely be a special teamer he was actually a very good punt returner uh, I think he, he's going to be a slot wide receiver or special teamer in the NFL. And again, as I talked about earlier with Anton, Antoine Wesley, there's a lot of slot wide receivers in this uh, class, and he is not near the top of them. So he's likely going to get pushed down the board for a lot of people. Brandon, if you had to stake your entire reputation on one of these guys in your 13 through 24 wide receivers to become a Pro Bowl player for years to come, who would it be for you? This is an easy answer for me, and it's Ashton Doolin. And let me really quickly read off some of these metrics that I have written down here. Uh, a, a dominator rating of 60%, which is insane. Um, he has a yard per, yards per reception of 17. 
a breakout age of 18.3, that's the 99th percentile, a spark score of 114, which is the 76th percentile, 44340, 93rd percentile speed score, 72nd percentile burst. This kid is just the real deal. He's got the the total package, and the only thing that's going to hold him back is whether he can compete with the big big dogs. I think I am going to stake my claim with Emmanuel Hall. I, I feel like he's the most talented of my second tier, my thirteen through twenty-four. And if I have to put my reputation on one guy, I'm going to put it on the guy with the talent. <laughs> Mine's going to be Anthony Ratliff-Williams. Again, I talked about earlier, I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he can play all three positions on the field. Um, and I, I just think that he, he's got a lot to – I think he's one of the guys in my last half. I had him at, at 14. No, I had him at 15. 16. 16. Golly, I can't read my handwriting. 16. Uh, but I would not be surprised if he doesn't jump closer to my top 12 uh, once I figure out where his landing spot's going to be. I really like him. Uh, Brandon. Who is your one guy that you think is going to bust out of your top 13 to 24? This is also an easy one for me, and it's got to be Riley Ridley based on the draft capital that he's going to get coming into the league. I think that he is going to be overdrafted, like you said, based on his name namesake. That draft capital is not going to pay off. I think that that draft capital is going to bleed over into rookie drafts and there's plenty of people in dynasty leagues that hold draft capital in high high regard, and anybody that overpays for him at this point is going to have some serious regret based on that. So let me ask you this, Brandon: of your top twelve, who do you who do you think is has the most bust potential? Hmm. My top twelve, I think the biggest. Bust potential is based on NFL draft capital, which is going to bleed over into rookie drafts. It's got to be Marquise Brown. Interesting. Why Brown? Uh, I just think that he's so small. He's so slight. He's dealing with the Liz Frank injury now, which is a terrible way to go into your professional football career. Um, you know, the the dings on him are going to be medical and size, and those two things do not go well hand-in-hand. Hand. Those can definitely feed off of each other and just boil down to to one big bust. All right, Dennis, who's yours? Oh, from my top 12? Yeah. No, oh, you're I don't not, remember. You're... We, we, did that, we did that last. Yeah. <laughs> no, from your 13 through 24, sorry. Oh, uh, oh that, that, will, that could bust? Yes. Uh... I'm going to stick with Ridley because I'm just not sold on him. Yeah, I, I, for all the reasons Brandon said, it's you know I you know look I'm I'm going to between now and rookie drafts and when we do our post draft re rankings, uh, you know I'm going to take a deeper look at him. But yeah, you know, I don't know if there's any there there. No, I'm, I'm right there <laughs> with you. He's he's mine too. I, I hate to. You know, give a boring answer there and, and, and agree with you guys. But I just, for me, I, like I said, I, I would not be surprised. Again, it's something we've talked about this whole time now. I keep bringing up a lot of people have him even in their top 10. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Riley Ridley go in the high first, high picks of the second round, maybe middle of the second round, and not produce at all. A guy who you could end up cutting off your taxi squad or releasing off your team in the next couple of years. I just, I personally do not see it. This podcast is going to single-handedly drive down his price. 
<laughs> well, that's a, that'll be a good thing, though, for a lot of people. Like I said, that, I don't know if we're – I feel like we're on an island here. I, I would love to get some of your – you know, I feel like – I mean, I know both of you obviously write for Dynasty Nerds. Uh, I feel like I've got a very good reputation with a lot of the guys that write there. I'm in a league with a bunch of them. I, I go back and forth with a lot of those guys on Twitter. I'd love to see where some of those guys have him because I feel like I feel like well, the three of us are sitting over here on the Titanic watching the Ridley Ridley stock just sink down, but then everybody else is, is propping it right back up. I I don't see it. I'm right there with both of you, but if you guys go in there and look at Twitter, which I know both of you do, I mean, he's – highly praised by a lot of people and i just don't get it so brandon out of this group right here and this might be a little bit of a stretch but i'm going to ask it anyways out of your 13 through 24 who's the one guy that you could see ended up being the best wide receiver of this rookie class like becoming the rookie of the year at the wide receiver it might be the same answer you gave earlier but i figured i'd ask you if you have anybody different I think I do have someone different because I think that Doolin is going to take a little bit of time to really come into his own. I think the guy that could really explode into the league right off the jump is going to be Preston Preston Williams. I think he's got the physicality to come into the league and hang, and he's got the explosiveness to get him on the field right away. Dennis, do you have someone that you think could be up there? I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. Because I think he's gonna, he's got it in spades from the leadership perspective, and if he goes somewhere that values that like they should, and he, he's already shown he's a really hard worker. He's got good speed, runs good routes, and so I think he's he's one of those guys that even if he goes to a stacked wide receiver core, it only takes one injury to to get you onto the field, and I feel like. No matter where he goes, he's going to be prepared. The old saying is, uh, success is just where preparation meets opportunity. And I think despite the late breakout age for Terry McLaurin, he's at that point now where he gets preparation. And so he'll be ready for the opportunity. So if I was to, you know, somebody I, I could see step in and, and, become the best wide receiver of this second half uh i'm gonna i think that could be mclaurin well i'm gonna talk out of both sides of my mouth here i'm gonna go with riley ridley no i'm just kidding Uh, i'm taking uh, demarcus lodge um as i talked about earlier he's at my number 13 um i just i think he's much better obviously not that you two don't like him you both talked about how you think he could obviously jump up your boards here uh, but he's very high up for me again i think his production as as you touched on with jordan tamu uh was good it was a really bad i mean stevie wonder probably could have got him the ball better than than mr tamu did there so i do think that he is a very good wide receiver I, i really think that he has a chance to possibly break out and be a guy that like i said earlier a lot of people are overlooking do you have a underrated the most underrated wide receiver in this classroom you can be anybody in your top 24 it doesn't have to be the 13 through 24 range since you didn't get a chance to talk about your top 12 who for you is your most underrated wide receiver brandon well i think for me it's paris campbell and i think uh, me having him at number two overall uh you know really states that I, i think a lot of people have him you know 10 through 15 and some people have him much lower than that uh, but I just, I just love everything that this kid does. I, I, I think that he's, that he's ready to, to take, take the league by storm. And 
whoever drafts him in the back end of the first round or the beginning of the second round in the real draft uh, is going to is going to have a great value on their hands. I think. Dennis, do you have anybody from the thirteen twenty four range? Since we already got your top twelve one. Oh. Which question was it again? Most Sorry, I was, I was, I'm, no, I'm re- talking to Jared on Twitter. You're good. Uh, underrated wide receiver. Oh, underrated? I'm going to yeah. pick Emmanuel Butler. You know, small school guy, did some, had some production. Uh, I think he can come in and, and be a real solid contributor. Uh, definitely, you know, a, a chain mover kind of guy. And I, I hate to give the boring answer here, but I'm going to stick with Demarcus Lodge. He's a guy that, again, is I feel not getting enough love in the community. Brandon, who is your most overrated wide receiver? And let's not pile on Riley Ridley anymore because I feel like if he listens to this, he, he might contemplate suicide or something here because of all the hate we've been throwing his way. So let's try and pick somebody well, somebody different just to, just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Hanging by a thread. I'm reading Don't Kill Myself books. You said that the book wasn't yours. Don't worry about the book. It isn't mine. I glanced at it. Matt, you're going to love this, buddy. My most overrated wide receiver in this class is Hakeem. Get off the podcast. Nope. What did you say? Get off the podcast. Let him work it out. It's between the two of them. I'm sorry, we lost Brandon. Brandon, we've lost you. Brand- Dennis, are you still yeah. there? Are you still there? <laughs> no, nope, I lost both. Hold of you. on, let right. pick myself up. That's right. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep, I mean, I'm just going to let you know now. I'm just, you know, because I'm, I'm all about transparency. This will be the last time you're ever on this podcast, but go ahead. Give me give me why you hate Hakeem Butler. The physical prowess that he has does not translate as well as it should. Listen, he, he labors to get in and out of his breaks. He isn't physical enough with corners. He gets bullied. Um, he's... Who just doesn't do the things that a big physical guy like him should be should be doing he has too many drops he drops easy passes um and those might be constant concentration drops but man what is going on he's got the physical capabilities are just through the roof but he can't he just can't meld body and mind and i think that he's going to be like marquise brown in a way he's going to be drafted very high, and teams are going to realize that they've got more of a project on their hands than they might have thought. Dennis, I'm not sure you can follow up that bombshell, but do you have anybody? Nah, I'm just going to let that marinate. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> my hopes and dreams are crushed. I feel like you just said bad things about my best friend. I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I feel like Akeem Butler is never going to come on this podcast now because I let him trash talk you, I let you trash talk him. On my podcast, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm a little bit upset. I thought we were friends. 
It's, yeah, you can, it's like I got you, you, shot, you asked him who his best friend was, and he picked somebody else. I know. It's like, <laughs> hey, or, you know, we're best friends, right? It's like, yeah, but I kind of like this guy better. I mean, you're, you're cool my second best friend. Yeah, you know, we, you can always have more than one best friend. Yeah, that's that bullshit they throw at you. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, Riley Ridley. Let's just move on. I'm, I'm devastated at this point. I really don't know what to talk about anymore. Um, no, I mean, for me, I, I do feel like it's it's Riley Ridley. He's kind of the only guy that I have outside of everybody else's. I mean, I know you two have him, but so there's really not much more to talk about on him. Uh, so I know we asked these of Kyle or and Dennis. Me and you have kind of already talked about it, so I just like to get Brandon's answers on these before we close out the podcast. Uh, how many wide receivers do you get? Do you think get drafted in the first round? I'm gonna put the over under at two point five. Is this in the NFL draft? No, we'll do NFL first and then uh, fantasy. Okay. Um, In the NFL draft, I think it's four total, so I'll take the over. Okay. And then what about in the – I honestly can't remember. Dennis, do you remember how many we put as the over-under in the first two rounds? I think we did like 5.5 or 6.5. Okay, we'll do 6.5 because I think it's going to be more than that. But 6.5 for the first two rounds. First two two rounds? Oh no! We, it was we did six point five was for the only one round. Oh, gotcha. Then we do it was like eight, right? Eight point five, I think, for two rounds. I don't even know if we did two rounds. Well, but we're gonna do eight point five. We'll just do eight point five for two rounds because I'm, I'm we're winging it here now. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll definitely take the over on that. I think that um, the second round is going to be a treasure trove for wide receivers. I agree with you. I said that actually in the last episode. I think it's going to be, you're going to see a nice little wide receiver run uh, in the second round in the NFL. Focusing now on just the fantasy side, how many do you think are going to go in the first round of the fantasy? Or oh, just I, thought, I guess I thought that last question was about fantasy. That was what I was thinking. Oh, you're good. This is what I get for going off the show sheet. I just messed everything up. But that's all right. Well, we're still going to roll with it. Now, uh, so fantasy now. Yeah, I know. I'm horrible at this. Uh, that's so everybody tells me on Twitter. Uh, the uh, fantasy fantasy drafts now, just regular, no super flex or anything like that, just your regular fantasy drafts. How many do you think would go in the first round over and under at 5.5? I'm going to say under because of tight ends and running backs. Okay. I think it, I think it ends up at Right at five, though. All right. And then how many wide receiver ones do you have in this class, guys that you, you consider elite? There's – I, I, I think it's four, four. really. I think it's um, A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell, D.K. Metcalf, and uh, Harry. And I think uh, Debo Samuel and, and Hakeem Butler both have potential to break into there, but I'm not – 100% convinced that they will get there. I think they will definitely hang out as high-end wide receiver twos and at any given year could definitely break into the top 12. All right. Fair enough. At least you you threw some nice stuff toward Hakeem Butler, so maybe we can get you back on there uh, after the fact. So before we cut out of here, Brandon, tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter and then obviously any articles you have coming out here soon. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty. Theorist, and uh, I have two articles in circulation on Dynasty Nerds right now. Um, one is about when to let go of uh, guys you're hanging on to in your in your in your Dynasty leagues. The other is about uh, um, dealing with Sharky league mates and how to show some respect for your 
for your league mates uh, when doing trades and stuff like that. And I've got a third one coming out within the week. It is going to be a deep dive into Marlon Mack. All right. Oh, I love Marlon Mack. Yeah. Me too, buddy. That's, I like this. You just come on I know. Here I traded you. him to you in DQL. <laughs> You just mm-hmm. you just come on here and you prop up Dennis all this time talking about all the players he loves and you just want to shoot me down. I really see I really see how this, <laughs> this is. From now on, I'll just let you. That's what I get for driving to Virginia. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, Dennis, obviously, tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter and then any uh, articles you have coming out. Well, I am at culture underscore coach on Twitter. Uh, write for DynastyNerds.com. Contribute to the Fantasy Life app occasionally still. Uh, I do. My next article coming out is going to be the tight end portion of the series I've been doing in the Down and Dynasty with the ideal landing spots. That'll be out before the draft comes up and then uh, quarterback one after that. As always, I am uh, here with my illustrious host, uh, Matt Bruning, Mr. At Sports Fanatic MB. Go out and rate and review us, folks. Subscribe. Give us some love. Tell us we suck. We prefer love, but yeah. we'll take feedback as well. well. We'll take the suckage, too. I mean, it happens. No, you're not going to make everybody happy, I guess, although I prefer to make everybody happy. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Would, uh, again, love to love to get you back on after the draft so we can see uh, see how these wide receiver rankings shake out. Maybe you'll change your mind on Akeem Butler by that point. We'll, you know, we'll see. Maybe. Maybe I can't put a little bug in your ear and make that happen. But, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh, talking about wide receivers. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a blast. Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play?